Lewis Aldazan with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Fuel Trolls, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. Anywhere you may care to call from. There you go. Just give us any, a call. Any, any time zone, as long as you <laughs> figure it out. Math. <laughs> right. Hey, just give us a call. Uh, locally in, in Baton Rouge right. area where we broadcast the show, of course, we're on Central Daylight Time, correct? Right now, and you know our time right now is ten o'clock. So, just like I say, do the math, and you can listen live. If you go to like iHeartRadio, one hundred seven point three FM is the call letters for the station that does the show, right? Locally. Or you can listen on podcasts, whichever you might find easier. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I thought we'd talk a little bit today about because the weather is so nice out here. It's, it's actually nice cool. Out. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to a guy yesterday in new orleans he was saying he's from chicago so they are getting snow up there oh yeah so it's very 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 pleasant here probably high 60s but with the weather starting to get cooler it brings about a number of things sure different changes yeah uh one is it's a good time to make sure your coolant is in good shape not only does coolant cool the engine and protect from corrosion but also protects from freezing yep and one thing about antifreeze is what it used to be called because that was the only function people associated with it now it's it's called coolant but one function of antifreeze is to keep the mixture from uh, from freezing because anytime a liquid uh, like water and uh, antifreeze gets colder it starts to expand when it starts to change state and go into ice if it turns to ice it expands and that expansion will crack the cylinder block sure because it's full it's not going to compress. There's nowhere for it to go. Right. It's a closed system with no air in it. So when it starts to freeze, it expands. And I can't number of blocks oh, yeah. back in the day had big cracks in the oh, water jacket. Absolutely. Well, we had one not too long ago. Kai came in with a little uh, Jeep, a little four-cylinder Jeep, and it was split all the way down the side of the block. Mm-hmm. And they do have core plugs in it, right. which are supposed uh, again, to. they say freeze plugs. That was never really designed to be a freeze plug. That is a core plug. Mm-hmm. That is when the sand that they cast the engine block out of, they wash that out. Right. It has to have somewhere holes. to be able to get out. Yeah, it's a hard sand that they mold and they pour the iron in there, which are aluminum or whatever they're making the engine block out of. And they've got to remove the sand from the inside, the cooling passages and stuff. And that's what those plugs were for. And they put a plug in the hole after they wash the sand out. But that is technically a core plug. Correct. That is not a freeze plug. It's always been called freeze plugs. Yeah. It may, maybe under a certain circumstance, it may may pop out out before the engine block breaks, but probably not. (laughs) You know, if you know anything about hydraulic, basically is what's happening here. Hydraulics, the fluid is expanding, nowhere to go. But with hydraulics, the larger the area, the more force is going to be applied. That's why a big piston has more force than a small piston. It moves slower, but has more force on it. It's going to push against that cylinder wall. It's not going to push that little one-inch core plug out. It's going to just push the whole cylinder wall out sure. because there's more area there, surface area there. So it's pretty much necessary to have a certain specific gravity on your coolant to protect from freezing. Now, what I have noticed is that far before the specific gravity drops, you're probably in deep trouble with your coolant anyway because the corrosion protection goes away way faster. before the freeze protection. Sure, a lot faster. You know, it's made out of glycol, either ethylene or propylene glycol, depending on what chemical it is. But that 
pretty much until it just deteriorates or gets watered down, it's going to keep its freeze protection. That's going to pretty much stay along. So the bigger issue is that it starts to become corrosive. It starts to eat your engine up. Right. And at that point, the thinner material, if it hasn't broken yet, it will shortly. Yeah, it's going to push out and it's going to crack it, and then you're into big, big, big trouble. But this is a good time to consider that most new cars come with either HOAT, H-O-A-T. hybrid organic acid technology, or OAT type of coolant. Mm-hmm. And the reason they use different coolants is because they have different formulas, just like they use red for transmission fluid and they use clear for power steering fluid because they're different. Correct. And it's an identification method. The dye itself doesn't mean anything except that that's what they added to show that this is a different chemical. And it's not a good idea to start mixing them. Now, I know somebody will say, well, there's a universal cool. Okay, well, great. Right. You know, in, in my opinion, universal I, just. I don't like them. No. I, 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 don't, I do not like them. It, it I, won't, cost, I won't back what's in it, what came in it from the factory. That's right. That's what I won't back You have in so it. many problems with that kind of stuff. It's, it's sort of like when you have a, a fishing ski boat. It ain't good for either one. <laughs> 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 or a universal wrench. Or right. A, a universal adjustable wrench like a crescent wrench. It ain't yeah. good for anything. You know, yeah, you want the socket that fits the bolt. Sure. Same thing with this. You want the coolant that came with the car. And you've got to watch because every manufacturer has their own. GM has been very, very consistent with their Dex cools. They I, have. I they, think since 1996. 96. They started out with the green, which was across the board at that time. Right. And when they changed the Dex cool, I believe they're still running Dex cool yeah, even in the 20s. They're still running a Dex cool, and they've kept one formulation of it yeah. over all the years it has worked through all the different applications and the different designs right that so, they've come up so with. so with gm you're pretty well off now with toyota there is at least three three coolants you had the original old green uh-huh then they went to a red long life and now they've gone to a pink super long life correct and again all three are different they're not compatible one with another so depending on the age of the car is the coolant you need to use and the the super long life comes as a mix pre-mixed it's already pre-mixed the long life is concentrated it has to be mixed that is correct and honda has got at least two they had the original green and they came out with the The blue blue, right uh, which is their super long life again it is a Mm pre-mix ford has got a pile of them. yeah they must have five or six different they had the original green then they came out with long life green Uh uh-huh then they went to a yellow. Then in certain cars, they used an orange. And now they've come out with a new orange. I think, or a new a, yellow. A new yellow. Yeah. yeah, that's supposed to be more of a universal type. Supposed to be compatible with the orange from what I've read so far. Right. And uh, it's just a pile of them there. So you got to be careful to get the right coolant in the car. And a lot of times when you look that up in service data, especially on a Ford, the service data doesn't specify this vehicle came with orange. Right. It says the place with what was originally in the vehicle. Right. But if somebody's already some, changed it. Exactly. You don't know what was originally you don't in know. there. Yeah. So you can really get into some all kinds of problems. You know, the old green stuff had what they call silicates in it, uh-huh. which would protect. That was a protection method. But what that does, when they changed the water pumps and went to the urethane seals instead of the old ceramic seals they used to use, or, or vice versa, mm-hmm. that silicates would eat those seals up. So you'd start ending up with water pump leakage and stuff as that if you used the wrong cooling. Exactly. And it's like any type of chemical reaction. Once you get it in there and it's established, you don't want to go in and change stuff because you can come up with interactions that don't work out. Well, and just because you drain the system doesn't mean you get it all out. Well, you never you can, get it you all You can out. never get it all, all the coolant out of a engine 
system. Not unless you want to disassemble it and hang it upside down. Exactly. Somewhere That's and, and wait, for, to wait for it to dry out. All of it out. And then you've still got the chemical residue in there. Right. You, you may get all the liquid out, but the chemical residue is going to stay in there. So it's best to take go ahead and start taking care of the cooling system before it gets acidic. Well, it, not only best, but it's the only way to do it properly because you're never going to get 100% out. You don't want what's in there to be 100% depleted. Mm-hmm. Let's say you can get 75% out. Well, you got 25% still in there. If you replace it before it's 100% depleted, then the 75% is going to replenish the stuff that you need. The remaining amount is still going to be okay, but if you wait until it's totally depleted, you can always have that in there. That extra, yeah. And you know the age that they recommend replacement varies from car to car, but as a general rule, the first fill is generally around five years, uh-huh. and in subsequent fills are three years thereafter. Because Reason of the being, fact. yeah, you can't ever get all of it out. And again, when that thing was filled at the factory, every component was brand new correct the engine block was new the hoses were new the radiator was new the heater core was new every component was new they put the right cooling in there that will hold up for five years sure but when you come back and you drain it out number one you don't get all of it number two the engine block is not new the water pump's not new the radiator's not new the heater core is not new all of that has different requirements from when the car was new so that's why you change to three years thereafter exactly now, one other thing is that you have to determine, even if you get the right coolant, is it pre-mixed or, or is you, it concentrate? If it's concentrate, it has to be mixed 50-50. With before this, you put it into the car. Correct. And with, with distilled, distilled water. water. Right. You don't want to put city water. City water is going to contain chlorine, fluorides in some cases, different and chemicals. all sorts of minerals that you mm-hmm. don't want in your cooling system. Hey, we'll talk a whole lot more about that when we get right back. I'll take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with you. If you... Hey, Mike, I'm thinking about boiling some shrimp. You know where I can get a good price? Oh, yeah. I got a shrimp guy, but there's a catch. His name is Remy Labateau, and you have to go down to Lafouche Parish and meet him after midnight. Okay. He'll be behind the dumpster of an abandoned fireworks stand off Louisiana 1, and you have to buy exactly 50.3 pounds. Well, that's oddly specific. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, look no further than the team at Agco Automotive. No hassles, just straight up quality maintenance and repairs. And with Agco's general inspection, they can perform an annual checkup to find any problems and schedule maintenance to keep your car running right, saving you money in the long run. So what kind of seasoning do you use? Oh, I got a seasoning guy, too. How do you feel about traveling to Bangkok? Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the Jones the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Free Tools will try to answer any questions you may have. Just give us a call. It's 291-6901. Got all our lines wide open. Love to hear from you. There you go. And should you happen to miss your prime opportunity to get a live answer this morning, you can always go to the website, get your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button, fill out the form, and send it in. There you go. Couldn't be any easier than that. And be glad to hear from you. Just give us a call. We were talking a little bit about coolant sure. and, and such as that and the need to change it and the reasons why you have to change it because the coolant protection will eventually go away. The corrosion protection goes away pretty Faster. fast. And, number one, get the right coolant. Figure out if it is pre-mixed or concentrate. concentrate. 
And one reason they've gone to pre-mix so much is because people weren't mixing it correctly. Exactly. Either they were dumping the coolant in and pouring water on top, which I know everybody thinks it's going to mix up in the motor, but it won't. Mm-hmm. You know, there are maybe a handful of cars where maybe it will, but most of the time it won't. Most vehicles are designed with a cooling jacket around the cylinder walls, and that does not have flow. The flow is through the cylinder heads. Through the top. Just like a V8 Chevrolet. The the pump goes in, it flows through the cylinder heads, and it thermally rises and falls in the block. Same thing with a Honda. Mm-hmm. It does not have flow through the engine block. Right. So if you dump coolant, which is heavier than water, it's going to fill up the to bottom the of the bottom. engine. and the wa- So you're going to have coolant with no water in it, which doesn't cool around the cylinder wall, so they're going to overheat. And the engine is going to have water going around in it at the top of the cylinder heads, with which no will overheat. <laughs> So, yeah, you got to pre-mix it before you pour it into the engine. I just like to do it outside the block for the fact that I know it's already mixed. That's right. When and you pour and it in. properly mixed. Correct. If you measure the amounts you mix together, then you know the mixture that you've got. Sure. So, and again, because you cannot account for what's left in the block, it's, right. it's very, very critical that you put the right amount in. If you just dump coolant into it and then pour some water on top, you may have a 60-40 mix. You may have a 70-30 mix. And I know the American spirit is that, hey, if something's good, more be, must be better. <laughs> but it better. Ain't, except it just ain't. Yeah, the water does the cooling. Sure. The coolant protects from freezing and protects corrosion. from corrosion and to some degree raises the ballpoint on it. But 50-50 in about 90% of America is going to be good. Now, if you live in the northern part of Alaska where it gets 60 degrees below zero, you might want 60-40 mm-hmm. because overheating is not going to be a problem. You don't need as much water to cool, but you do need additional protection. Correct. Maybe northern Minnesota somewhere, you may want 60-40. You can look in your owner's manual, and it'll give you a recommendation for your area. But the vast majority of cars are going to work with 50-50 mix. If I'm not mistaken, that'll take you down to about 30 below zero, mm, which something. is going to cover most of the yeah. continental United States. And it gives you the additional cooling protection. So don't think more, because some good, more is better. You want the proper mix, pre-mix before you pour it into the car. And that's the reason they came out pre-mix, because people just weren't doing that. So right. now you pay for transportation costs on water, instead of which cooling. does not make sense, except people wouldn't do it right. So. <laughs> that's the part, kind of got to the bottom line. Huh? Yeah, that's a hard head tax. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you pay it. So anyway, when you get ready to change the coolant, you want to get the old stuff out. Right. And there is a little drain cock on the bottom of the radiator. On, that works in some vehicles. On most vehicles, there's some kind of drain on the block. But those are generally made out of plastic. And when they're old, a lot of times when they come out, they're going to break. Right. Or they're not going to seal when you put them back in. I generally don't like to use that unless I have to. It's a real convenient place to drain from. Right. But like you were saying, the, the chances of something happening to that little plug are pretty... Well, especially if the car is 10, 12 years old. Right. And in my opinion, of course, 10, 12 years, you probably ought to replace the radiator anyway just to avoid a problem because well, it don't with, last with, forever. With today's radiators made of plastic and aluminum, right. uh, the tanks rupture, the seals leak, and 10 years, 12 years is about pretty much life. tops on, a, the life on of them. I've seen, I've seen a handful go out at 8. I've seen a handful last to 16. Sure. But 10 to 12, 10 to 12 is, is about, about the, the normal yeah. life. and. A lot of times you take that little plastic drain plug out, you go to put it back in, either it'll break off or it won't go back or it won't come out. Or, or it won't it does seal. Go in, it won't seal. Right. It'll just keep dripping. So what I prefer to do is to gingerly remove the lower radiator hose and let it drain there. You get just as much out. It makes a bigger mess. It does. But, therefore, you know you don't have the, the chances of maybe not sealing back. Well, 
if I were dealing with my own car, I wouldn't be so worried about it because I can go ahead and take drain cock out. If it breaks or doesn't seal, I know how to put in the radiator. It doesn't uh-huh. bother me. But when I'm dealing with customers' cars, sure. they came in, radiator was not leaking. I can't change the coolant and give it back to them. So, well, now it's leaking. Right. You know, that just doesn't wash in a professional environment. So it's safer for us to remove that lower radiator hose, clean it up good, put a new clamp on it, put it back on. But, again, no matter how you choose to do it. Now, if you examine that engine block closely, some engine blocks are going to have drain plugs in the block also. Sure. Now, if you pull that, you'll get more of the old coolant out. Along with the radiator. Yes. Not all of them have that. Some of them that have it, you can't get to. Some of them, there'll be maybe a knock sensor or something screwed into the side right. of the engine block. You could take out. If there's something you can remove easily and replace easily, then go ahead and pull that out. Drain as much of the coolant as you possibly can. I know the old small block 5.7 right. had a knock sensor on the, on the passenger side and had a drain plug on the driver's side. And before that, it had a drain plug on you both could, sides. You could take them both out. And you could get a lot of the coolant out of the block yeah. when you were doing it. You get the now, vast majority out. When they went from the 5.7 to the 5.3, mm-hmm. they actually put a coolant plug on the back of the driver's side block mm-hmm. that you can take out. You got, Of course, you got to have a special tool to take yes. it out with. Yes. It's a brass plug. should be put back hand-started because if you cross-thread it, it's yeah. going to leak. Now you're blown up. So you got to hand-start it and then torque it down. You can get a lot of the coolant out that way, but it's only on one side of the block. And, again, if you're pretty ingenious, you could basically knock one of the core plugs out if you it's could. easy to access and easy to put back in. The you problem could. is a lot of them are hidden behind stuff or hidden behind the frame of the car. Well, and right now they're sealing. Yes. You always, if you do that, you take the chance of putting a new one in and it not seal. Well, that's true. I like to knock a plug out because I can look at the backside of that plug and I can tell what the inside of the engine's like. Yep. Because that, that plug is made gonna... out of steel. Even though it's cadmium plated, it's going to show the corrosion. If you've got a lot of corrosion on that plug then we got a big problem. Sure. And when those plugs start to leak, now it's either pull the motor out or pull the transmission out if you're lucky to get to them to replace them. So if there's one that I can get to easily, I might go to that extent. Mm-hmm. Again, the better method is just change that coolant on a regular basis so you never get to that point. Exactly. Then you can just drain and fill, and you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Now, a few other things to be concerned with. Like I said, you get it drained out. One thing people say, well, should I put some chemical in there flush it out no 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 do not add any additional chemical it's a very very delicate chemical balance in a cooling system very delicate and if you add anything else to it like a flush or anything you're generally you're not going to get all of that out and you may create an interaction that you don't want exactly so if you just feel like it needs to be flushed out do it with pre-mixed coolant and distilled water and do it more often yeah, service do it, it more, more often. Well, put that in, let it run, and then drain it again. Mm-hmm. Do it twice. That is the only safe way to flush that out. It's sort of like you get the same thing with engines where someone will drain it all and they see it's real nasty and all. So well, should I flush the engine out? The best way to do that is with the right oil and the right filter. Just change it more often. Correct. That will do any cleaning because you know, oil is going to have detergent in it just like uh, the coolant has detergents in it. It has detergents, dispersants, all these different things in there. The only way to safely flush that out is to go ahead and put fresh right. coolant with the steel water, let it run. You can let it run an hour. You can let it run for a week. You can let it run for a month. Sure. But go back and change it again. That way you're going to get more out because you're diluting it with the fresh coolant. Mm-hmm. And even though you can't get it all out, that will do a much better job, a much safer job. Never add a chemical no. flush to a cooling system. You're generally going to be in trouble when you do that. Now, while you're there, there are some other parts, some collateral parts you want to inspect and make sure. One would be the hoses. 
And hoses today are generally made of EPDM rubber, which lasts a long, long, long time. They do. A lot longer some than the old them, ones do. Some of them basically last the life of the car. Sure. I remember in the old days, we used to think a hose that was three to five years old, man, you got to get that off of there and mm-hmm. change it. But the hoses that come today last a very long time, particularly Japanese right. model cars. I would say Asian, but particularly Japanese. That rubber they use is just incredible. I've seen Toyotas 25 years old. With still original original hoses. hoses on them. They're still pliable. They're right. not swollen. They're not damaged in any way. Now, the thing is, you say, well, I'm going to change them anyway to be safe. You're maybe no. not being safe because the hose you buy is probably not going to be as good as the one you take off. No. I know e- even if you go back to GM and buy your replacement hoses. It's not the same hose that came on the vehicle. That is an OES hose, not an OEM hose. Right. That's a service hose. Yeah. OEM was the original equipment manufacturer. That's the guy GM contracted to build the hose originally for new cars. Uh-huh. OES is original equipment service. That is somebody they hired to make replacement parts. Generally, they're looking for, they're not having a warranty this like they get on a new car. So they're looking for a cheaper part. Cheaper part. And And material. Many cases, when you put a replacement hose on it, it's not going to be as good as the one you're taking off. So don't automatically assume you just need to replace all the hoses. And, you know, some of them don't fit as well as the original hoses do. That's right. They're not shaped exactly the same. They may end up rubbing on something, rubbing a hole in it. Yeah, I like to leave the original hoses as long as I can. You just need to inspect them. You need to inspect them for swelling fraying the oh. cord coming out at the end of the hose them getting squeeze hard. them if they're hard are they crunch when you squeeze if they them crunch that's the scale built up on the inside right. of it now it's time these are the reasons you want to replace the hose otherwise if it passes all those tests and it looks good leave them not alone. afraid just leave them alone yep hey one more quick little break we'll be back with a whole lot more in the automotive hour Mimi, your hair is so cute. Who cuts it? Oh, thanks. I got a guy for you. Here's his card. It just says Fallon. Oh, no. It's Fallon. Well, uh, Fallon doesn't have a number on his card. I know. Appointments with Fallon are referral only. But I must cut a lock of your hair. Deliver it to Fallon. He will put it under his pillow for a week, and your style and cut will come to him in a vision. Seems like old Fallon has quite a gig going. Today, everybody's got a guy. If you're looking for an automotive guy, Think Agco Automotive. No complications, just quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, they complete an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so you can budget for the year and keep your car in tip-top shape. So, how much does Fallon charge for a cut? That will come to him in a vision, too. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. You just joined us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. In between two of us, try to answer any automotive question you may have. We appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. Give us a call. 291-6901 is the number. Get you right to us. And we were talking earlier about coolants. Cooling systems, getting ready for winter, that right. sort of thing. And, we, of course, you're never limited to that no, topic. Not at all. Whatever you might have on your mind, you give us a call. We were talking about hoses and how right. you may or may not want to just replace those. Now, one thing, if I do replace the hose, I generally do replace the clamps also. Because those old clamps, uh, if it's a spring-type clamp, it's probably not going to seal as well on new hose. Mm-hmm. New hose may be a little thicker, a little thinner, whatever. It's probably better to go to a screw-type clamp. Well, and, and even, hoses. even if you're just taking the hose off and putting it back on, mm-hmm. 
you be very particular where that clamp came from and how it goes back on Put because back that hose exact is, same spot. That hose is conformed to that clamp. That's right. And if you move that clamp in a different position, even on the same part of the hose, they tend to leak sometimes. That's right. So yeah. if you orient back where it was at originally, probably not gonna have much trouble. Not a with bad it. idea. Even take like a yeah. marker or something, make a little line sure. across it where you can be sure you get it back in exactly the same position because like where the little ears are. That's got a spot that's probably got less tension than maybe the sides, right. and the backside may have less tension. It's all kind of grown together that way. And it's it's just human nature to make it easy as possible to get to it mm-hmm. when you're servicing it. So the thing to do would be to look at it where it's oriented now, mm-hmm. and like I said, try to get back there even though it's not easy to get to right? because it would seal better. Well, it's worth it's the back. extra effort it to is. go ahead and put it back where it goes. So let's go to the phone lines with Jim. Good morning, Jim. Yes, Lewis, I was going to bring my car to you, a 2018 Tahoe, Mm -hmm. because I looked at the service on a 2017 and said to change all the fluids, power steering and everything, Mm -hmm. and 45. Then I looked on my manual, and 2018 said 75,000. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. difference in one year? None. See, car companies get rated on their maintenance schedule. Guys like Consumer Reports and all that, they look at the maintenance schedule and say, well, this is a lower maintenance car. Well, it's very easy to just move those maintenance dates out and make it look lower maintenance, but it's is that in your best interest? Yeah, it's basically the same vehicle. <laughs> same vehicle. Yeah, that hasn't changed anything except the recommendation. And it, it, they just do it for ratings. you got to remember, Jim, in their eyes, that car is designed to last 100,000 miles. Now, if you change the coolant and all the stuff at 40 or 50 and you change it at 75, when you get to 100, there won't be much difference. But when you get past 100, there's going to be a distinct difference. You know, things that could have been prevented have occurred. And, again, you got to remember, car companies are in the business of selling new cars. Sure. So if you kind of have a big problem down the road at around 100, 120,000 miles, in their eyes, that's a pretty good thing. You might well, buy another car. Yeah, right. You're more apt to buy another car with a big problem later down the road as you would if it was earlier. Right. Then may elect to fix it. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, man. You could change every fluid on that car for probably less than a thousand bucks. That's sure. everything in there. And the thing is, one repair is probably going to cost you that. Almost much. definitely. And if it's transmission, it's going to cost you a whole lot more than that. So, yeah, I would go ahead and change it sooner rather than later. It's just yep. good, cheap insurance. So, good question, Jim. Thanks for calling, man. We're talking about some of the other things you might want to change. You mentioned hoses. Well, and we mentioned the radiators. Radiators. Radiators are plastic now. If your so. car is 10 to 12 years old, you might just consider putting a new radiator in it. Because right. it's sort of like a hard drive on a computer. It's not when it's going to fail. It's, I mean, it's, it's not, not if it's going to fail. It's, it's when. when. Right. It's going to fail. Sure. Same thing with that radiator. It is going to fail. So if you're not going to keep the car much longer, you might want to see how it goes. If you have a car that you don't drive very much, you never go out of town, and braking, cracking in the seam would not have. Not that big of a deal. Much, yeah. You may wait longer. I know like on my Buick, I was on the road for between Baton Rouge and New Orleans, 75 miles, a lot of it elevated. Right. It would be catastrophic to me for that radiator to go out. So when I got 10 years, it got replaced. Sure. So it's just a matter of your circumstances as to what you want to do. But bear in mind, it is a consumable part. It will fail. So you might want to look at that. A few other things. If the car is more than, say, 8 to 10 years old, you might want to consider changing the thermostat. Well, now, and if the thermostat has been in there that long, it would probably be a good idea to go ahead and do it anyway. Right. The coolant's drained down. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to do it. Because I have seen on a coolant service, when the coolant gets off that thermostat, thermostat. Mm-hmm. it will hang up. Even when you, when you fill it back up, 
that thermostat is hung up because it got dry. It'll hang up within the next week. Right. That's happened a number of times. And I always make that recommendation to people. Some people listen. Some people don't. Some are easy to get to. But I always tell them, hey, look, if we don't change it, just keep in mind, if it starts to overheat on you, we're going to have to come back and do it. Don't get sure. mad at me. I didn't cause this problem. You know, I just revealed it. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those things. And if the cooling system has been very well maintained, then it's probably going to last longer. If sure. that coolant was changed in five years the first time, every three years thereafter, the car may be 15 years old, thermostat may still be fine. But if the first change is at maybe seven years, and you got a lot of corrosion going on there, well, that's a different circumstance. It is. I would definitely different. recommend replacing the thermostat. And, you know, some of those thermostats are right on top. They're real easy to get they to. Are. Some vehicles, they are buried. They're buried, and some of them are pretty expensive. And They are. Yeah, you can spend 50 to $100 on a thermostat pretty easy on some cars. And, again, the labor charge to change them may be very So that has to enter into it. Especially on those type cars, it's more important to keep that coolant fresh. It is. So you avoid a problem with these kind of things. Now, a few other things, the belts. Belts are pretty good now, but they're not quite like hoses because they are a mechanical part that is being turned. It is being rubbed. It's got a lot of friction on it. They will wear out. And the newer hoses, again, EPDM rubber, yeah, newer belts, I'm sorry, are not going to show wear like the other ones did. The old ones used to crack up and all mm-hmm. that. You're normally not going to see any cracking. But the little ribs on that serpentine belt are going to wear out, and they're right, going to they start go, to slip. They're actually going to get deeper. Right. They just wear in because they're riding a groove pulley and steel against rubber. You know which right. one's going to win. When they wear out, what they do is they start to slip slightly. Slipping equals heat. Yes. Now, where you're going to see, you may not ever hear a squeal. You may not ever have a problem that you notice. You may not see cracks in the belt. But you can notice stuff like idle pulleys start to burn up. Maybe the air conditioning clutch burns mm-hmm. up because it draws a tremendous amount of power. If it slips at all, it's going to build a lot of heat. Heat generally equals failure. Exactly. So by changing that belt at maybe seven or eight years, you may prevent changing a fan, uh, me, uh, a, a, a air conditioning clutch, which is generally going to be an AC compressor. Correct. At maybe of- 10 years. A lot of times the, the clutch is available, but by the time you pay the labor and the, the expense of it, you have to take the system down. You have to take the compressor it's, off in most yeah. cases to change the clutch. So it's already I mean, you got it it's off. already off. And what happens many times, I know like on a lot of your Asian vehicles, a clutch may cost almost as much as a compressor with a clutch. Exactly. So Some of your domestics are that way too. A compressor with a clutch may be three to $400, and just a clutch may be $275. So for an extra 100 a quarter... Go ahead and change the compressor. Be right. done with the factory setup. There's no more labor involved. Well, yeah. and some of them, the clutch goes into the seal. And when you pull the clutch off with an old seal, it'll start to leak at the seal. So many times you're better off just replace both components together. Mm-hmm. But even better, change that belt and tensioner. And you won't have to be in that situation. Then you're probably not going to be in that situation in the first place. Now, just to mention tensioners, a tensioner is a spring-loaded device that holds that belt tight on the vehicles that use them. Tensioners do not last the life of the car. They do not. Basically, they're going to last about 100,000 miles. Mm-hmm. More than that on some Asian cars, like your Toyotas, I find the tensioners last a long, they long do. time. A lot longer than the GM and the Ford GM, Ford, Chrysler, and Nissans, and some of those. The tensioners, 100,000 miles, it is done. Sure, it's worn out. I remember talking to a guy who was in the business of manufacturing belt tensioners, and he said in 100,000 miles, that tensioner moves through one billion cycles. Okay. That makes sense. Billion with a B. That's right. a lot of movement. That's a lot on, on a spring with a pivot point. The pivot point wears out. It throws the pulley at an angle. 
the spring wears out, just sure. go ahead and do a big favor for yourself and change that tensioner with the belt, and you're probably not going to have it. Not that difficult on most cars. A some, few are. Some vehicles, they're they're buried in the back well, of, behind all the accessories. Well, something like your old 3.8s, the coolant used to run through it. The coolant ran through that one. Things and um, you get the Toyota, what is it, the, the 4.7 Toyota that's buried behind the yes. a belt? Yes, it's, it's down in there. So right. some are more difficult. And like I said, those, fortunately, I know on the Toyota, we generally don't change them because they just don't go out. They don't. Hardly yeah, ever. Don't need to be. So anyway. And now that we're talking belts with tensioners, now we can talk belts without tensioners. Right. A what lot they call of the newer a, cars do not have tensioners. Right. They have what they call a stretch belt. Mm-hmm. And this belt is just that. When you put it on the vehicle, you stretch it over the pulley with a special with tool. A special tool and that's it. There's no main, no more maintenance to it until you get to a certain mileage. It's similar to like a giant rubber band. Really? It just it is. stretches into place, pops on there, and it stays tight until you take it off. Now, unfortunately, to take it off, you have to cut it. You're supposed to cut it. Yeah. You can't take it off and put it back on. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's so, designed to be stretched at one time, and one that's time. it. One time. It seats, and that's it. If you stretch it off and put it back on, it's going to slip, and you can have bigger problems. Mm-hmm. So it's a cut and a special tool to put it back on. Some belts come with a special tool if it's a cheap one. I know a lot of GM ones come with the tool to you put it on You have to with. buy a tool in, in other cases to replace it. But those do wear out roughly the same as a serpentine belt, probably seven, eight years, mm-hmm. somewhere near. You're going to have to replace the thing. Some vehicles, like I said, like a 5.3 GM uses a serpentine belt with a tensioner and a stretch belt. And two stretch belts on the later on models. On new ones, yeah. The, the later model 5.3 that takes eight quarts of oil mm-hmm. has two stretch belts on it. Well, there you go. Hey, we got to take our last quick little break. Be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. TJ, I've been looking to tone up, man. You have a personal trainer, right? Yes, I've got the guy, Mr. Miyago. <laughs> He's going to teach me how to wax on, wax off. Mr. Miyago's no joke. Oh, sorry. He begins by filling your shorts with wet sand to provide weight resistance and enhance focus. Then launches into a series of drills like crouching tiger, hidden badger, fire monkey, flogging duck, and highly agitated dragon. Sounds kind of extreme. Yeah, bruh. Extreme results. Everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for the right automotive guy, it's Agco Automotive. We make it easy. Quality repairs and a staff you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, you get an annual checkup to diagnose problems that could cost you down the road. You will need to sign a waiver stating you are not allergic to pig intestines and live geese. I think I'm just going to hit the gym, TJ, but thanks. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between tools, we'll try to answer any automotive question you may have. Go ahead and give us a call. Still got a few minutes. Be glad to help you out and point you in the right that, direction. That we do. Talk a little bit about cooling systems and getting right. better for winter and what have you. And now we've got the coolant all drained. We've got whatever components we're going to change in sure. addition to done, and we get ready to refill it. Most newer cars are self-bleeding they are they, they actually have they don't they use call. reservoirs they use surge tanks. right and it, it kind of resembles a reservoir in the shape and configuration mm-hmm. but it's actually a surge tank and Correct. what that does is as the coolant flows through the system the air and the coolant come back in the top of the tank the air is then expelled right there in the top of the tank right. the coolant settles in the reservoir what they call the the bottom of the surge tank mm-hmm. which is the reservoir now right so they've fixed that 
to the point that bleeding systems is not as critical as it used to be. Now, if you've got an older car, you may still, you need to look up and service data and see if there is a bleeding procedure. Right. Because some, some had little cocks that you would have to open to drain the air out. And, right. Uh, because some of, some of the radiators in the older cars were lower than the top of the block. Right. So the air would get trapped in the top of the block and it, mm-hmm. the, the system wouldn't work like it was supposed to. Right. It wouldn't cool because the air was trapped in the top. There was actually a bleeder screw in certain strategic points. Right. That you bled the air out of the system, that way the system filled up full of coolant. And yeah, I, I remember the operate. Ford had that little three eight six cylinder. Uh huh. The Taurus Thunderbird. Yeah. It was in the Thunderbird. If you just changed that coolant and just filled it up and went and drove it, it was going to overheat. Sure. You had to drain it out or drain the air off of it. And like I said, not such a problem on newer cars, but on older cars, older ones, you've got yeah. to watch out for that. At very very least, when you do fill the system, what you want to do is fill it, let the vehicle run. Go ahead and put the cap on. Let it run till full operating temperature comes up with the heater on. Right. Because some cars do have a valve that would stop the coolant from flowing through the heater core. So with your heater core, excuse me, your heater on high, go ahead and let it run until it reaches full operating temperature. Let it cool back down and then go back and recheck it. Well, full operating temperature is when the fans come on. That's right. After the fans have come Not on and cycled off. when the gauge comes on. Right. When the, when the fans have come on and then cycled back off, it is at full operating temperature. Well, another good point, because you want to make sure your cooling fans are working. Right. Now, you may want to go ahead and turn the air conditioner on also so that it operates both fans. So you can see that both fans are operating or coming on. And when the engine gets the temperature, then the other fan should kick on. Exactly. So, uh, that would l- allow it to do that. Now, you got to let it cool back down before you open it, or you're going to get the devil scalded out of it because it's pressurized and it's very, very, very hot. So let it cool back down, open it, top it off again, mm-hmm. and then let it go from there. Now, well, and a lot of your surge tanks are uh, kind of a clear plastic now, so you can actually see the level. See it. In a surge tank. Right. Now, if you can't go through all that for whatever reason, at least go ahead and overfill it slightly. Uh-huh. And I say slightly because I don't mean put twice as much as it goes, but put it a little over the full line. And that way, when it heats and cools, if it takes more cooling in, you'll still be okay. Sure. Because if it's overfilled, it's basically going to bubble out. It's not a good idea to bubble old cooling out because it could get on something and cause a problem. But in certain situations, that just has to be the way it's handled. Yeah. Yeah, I know at the shop sometimes people come in there waiting on a cooling system service, right. and they just can't sit there and wait for three or four hours. Let me let it heat and cool and all that stuff. Exactly. So we'll just slightly overfill it, and we tell them that we're going to do that. Right. And then, and then have them monitor, monitor it. it in the morning when before you crank it up, open the hood, see where the levels at. If right. the levels right where it's supposed to be, we're good. We're good. If it's a little low, come back by the shop. Back by, we'll top we'll it, top off, it off for you. Yeah, and you know if people are in a hurry and they just can't wait for you to do it the right way. Now we do have. Some special funnel type things sure. that put a little pressure on the system that make it a lot easier. We've actually got a vacuum system. Right. You vacuum can pull a vacuum system pull a vacuum on the on coolant it. system mm-hmm. and then pull the coolant back into the block under vacuum. Right. And it fills, pulls all the air out and fills everything back up, which works on a lot of the vehicles. It works very good on a lot of vehicles. Black, everything, nothing is 100% foolproof no, all the time. And anything on a car, put it that, that way. That's fact. Yeah, there's all these different little idiosyncrasies there. So best is to allow the shop... Time. Or yourself enough time sure. to go ahead and let it run, let it heat, let it cool. And I like to do it maybe twice if I have time be, to do it. It would be great. Yeah, that would, I, I like to keep them overnight. Yeah, that would really be ideal, but, of course, it's not always practical. Right. So once you do all that, you get it all back together, inspect it well, make sure that you clean up any spilled coolant that mm-hmm. may get on there. You don't want to leave that out because then you're not going to know whether it's a leak or something you spilled. Right. So go ahead and clean that all very well. Make sure your cooling fans are operating properly. And now you pretty much make sure – that you don't have any leaks anywhere. Let mm-hmm. it run. And it's funny, certain things will leak when the engine is hot and under pressure. Other things will leak when it cools back off. Right. 
know clamps are like that. A lot of times when a clamp gets pressure on it, it will seal. And when it cools off, it'll start to leak. We've seen that happen. Yeah, you times. just about can't find the leak because the guy brings a car to you and he's hot, warmed up. Right. It's hot when you get it and you just you pressure test it. There's no leaks in it. And then you'll take it home and you'll say, well, there's a little spot on my car. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because it sat all night. You need to bring it to me and let me keep it all night to duplicate that so I can see where it's leaking. Exactly. Alternatively, you can put some dye in the coolant, but that kind of makes a mess. It and does. Once you put the dye in there, it's now in there. It's in there. Right. And you can't find future leaks because it's going to have dye everywhere. <laughs> Just like it would have coolant everywhere. Yeah, that's right. So everything has a good point, has a bad point, too. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, that should put you in pretty good shape for your thing. Now, you want to make sure your heater is working right. as well. I had a gentleman email this morning, and he was saying he has radiator replaced, and not long after, the heater quit working. Okay. Well, a number of things could have happened there. One, of course, is the thermostat. could have been the old thermostat, and when they drained the coolant, it air it hit it. Up. It hung up. It stuck open. So the first thing to do in diagnosing that would be to put a thermometer of some sort into the cooling system, make sure the coolant is reaching full operating temperature, right. which is going to be around 200 degrees. If that coolant is around 150 to 160, it's probably not going to get cool, not hot enough. Yeah, it's not going to get hot enough for you. You're not going to be comfortable in the car. So, so make sure the coolant is getting a full temperature. Right. The next step would be to go to the heater hoses. There's mm-hmm. one hose that goes in, one hose that comes out. Right. If those hoses are the same temperature, are both hot or and near equally hot. Right. One will be slightly cooler than the other because the heater core acts like a little radiator, but it's not going to be perceptible. If you touch both hoses, they're both hot and they're both near equally hot then you can assume that the heater core is probably working okay mm-hmm. because heater cores do clog up. Sure. They plug up sure. and they just quit working and coolant can't circulate. Now, in that case, normally one hose will be hot and the other hose will be cool. cool because the coolant's not going through it. Also, if you have a vehicle with a valve of some sort in the system, the valve can fail, in which case one hose will be hot and one hose will not. So you verify that. Now, if all of that is working, then more likely one of the actuators under the dash that has hung ducks up or... the door between hot and cold is probably failed, or alternatively, the control head or the wiring between it. Right. Whatever and, controls it. Yeah. To eliminate those sorts of things, you've almost got to have access to a factory scan tool where you can see the movement of the actuators, see mm-hmm. if they are moving, when they're commanded. See if the command is actually getting there. Or they're receiving a command. You know, that gets kind of out of the realm of the average do-it-yourself. It does. It does. But if you got, like you were saying before, if you have heated hoses, both the hoses right. are the same hot temperature, same as the you radiator can, hose, you can, assume, you can assume that the heater core is working, so it's probably something under the dash. It's probably going to be one of the control mechanisms and are the systems that command the, the uh-huh. hoses to work. Or possibly even a wire. We've Could seen be. where a little rodent or something will get into the car. Right. And chew on a wire and it quits working. So it's not necessarily the control head. You don't certainly don't want to go and just change oh, no. the control head. No, you don't want to start throwing parts at it. Yeah, those are fairly easy labor-wise to change, although some have to be programmed. Mm-hmm. And they can be very expensive. The actuators, on the other hand, are generally fairly inexpensive. Some are easy to get to. Some are a total nightmare. Yeah, some of them you have to pull the entire dash out to get to, to, get to them. And there's generally multiple actuators in there. Mm-hmm. So if one actuator fails and you have to pull the dash out, you might want to contemplate, go ahead and just change just them, all them all while you're in there. Wait, now, and you remember if, the, if they're easy to get to, change the easy one and, and go on with your business. Mm-hmm. You're willing to roll the dice in that case. If the temperature actuator on the left side of a Chevy pickup goes out, fairly piece of cake to change. Right. Go ahead and change it. job. 
I'm not going to spend six hours pull a dash out to change the others. No, but I'm if I got dice on that. But if I got to go back there, if I'm going after the research door actuator, whole dash coming out, then I'm going to recommend changing sure. all four actuators. Exactly, because one's bad. The others may not be too far behind. While the dash is out, there's no extra labor to change them all. They're all there. Yeah, you're They're easy accessible. You're right there. One last little thing that's kind of off the topic, but if your AC happens to quit working and it's towards the end of summer i know human nature is well i don't have to spend this money right now i'll wait till next year uh-huh. to fix it that's probably not too good of an idea depending on how it fails if it fails to where the system is open let's say you got a leak a seal blown out or a hose right. bad it's not a good idea to let that system sit empty for a year no because it's going to equalize with the outside atmosphere and you're going to end up getting moisture moisture in and all that's going to leak dirt. in it's going to start attacking the system so now when you do get your repair, it's probably going to be a much larger repair than you might have had if you yeah, went ahead and repaired it. it when it needed doing. Right. Not only that, but during the summer, it's usually very difficult to get into a good air conditioning shop. I know we stay backed up sometimes sure. a week to 10 days on air conditioning work because everybody's air conditioners are broke. It's hot. Mm-hmm. First hot day, everybody comes oh, yeah. in with air conditioners. If you get it fixed now, you probably get it done a lot faster at the shop you choose. You may even get a better deal on it. Exactly. So there you go. I see we're just about out of time. We're going to start winding on up, get on out of here. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service, find a written view, and fill it out for us, please. There you go. We sure appreciate that. And if you don't find a written review, you can always go to Google, look up our company name, which is Agco Automotive, and put a review there. That works. It works for us, too. A preceding was opinion based on experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.